It was Thanksgiving a number of years ago when we were sitting around the table after we had had a wonderful meal. And the couple turned to me and said, I want to share with you a story of God's deliverance. What they told me was amazing. And I'll share that story with you next on this episode of Better Life Today. This podcast is brought to you by Better Life Broadcasting Network. Since 1990, Better Life has been providing Bible-based religious programming to the public. For more information, including how you can view Better Life's channels on your TV or digital device, how you can contact us, or even how to make a donation, please visit blbn.org. That's blbn.org for Better Life Broadcasting Network. And now, here's today's podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Better Life Today. We have an exciting program for you. Stories of God's providence, stories of His miracles. And with me today is Sayuri Rodriguez. Sayuri, welcome. Thank you. You uh, and your husband work at Better Life in a yes, certain extent. Explain for a second what that's about. We help with Vida Mejor TV, the Spanish channel. Mm -hmm. And we are able to coordinate the different programs that come in and answer phone calls. So it's really exciting. And, and your husband's also a pastor. He's a pastor, the pastor of the Roseburg Church. And how does he enjoy that? Oh, we love it. <laughs> well, ministries in your guys' blood. If you knew Sayuri and uh, Tony, you would know that they live and drink and breathe ministry. That's just what they really like to do. Today, we want to share some stories with the audience, uh, stories of God's providence. A lot of times, people you might hear people say, miracles are a thing of the past. Miracles were just in the Bible. But the more we dig, the more we find out that miracles are for today. Mm -hmm. God has done a lot of remarkable, wonderful things. And uh, Saidi, you've had things happen to you yes. that were miraculous. And we've shared some of those on previous programs. And this is our continuing series on uh, stories of faith. That's right. Yes. But before we get into the stories, we have our Bible text of the day. Yes. And let me read that to you. That's found in Psalms 77. And it's verse 11 and 12. And it says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. And in some versions, instead of wonders of old, it says the miracles in the past. So I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. And then it says, I will meditate also of all thy work. And this is a very important part. And it says, and talk of thy doings. I will meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds, it says yes. in, the, in, the, in the New King James mm -hmm. Version. You know, people don't take enough time to remember what God has done for them. Yeah. And you know, I've said this before, but if you have a journal and you've written down every time God answers a prayer for you, or the time that he saved your life, or the time that he provided money at the last moment, Whenever you got discouraged, if you went back to that journal, you would pick yourself right up. I agree. Because it doesn't take long to go through it before you start remembering, oh, yeah, I thought this case was going to be the end of the world, and the Lord pulled me through. Yes. I thought we would never make it through this trial, and yeah. God pulled me through. And, you know, I want to tell our viewers, when I first got here to Better Life, um, from time to time, you know, we share our stories. And I remember sharing some of my stories, and you would always tell me, you need to write them down. You need to write them down because you forget. And yeah, you start forgetting details. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that. And you're right. You start getting discouraged. Go back to, you know, God did this in the past. He would do it again. And he just encourages you. 
in the uh, times of the Bible, in the, in, when the children of Israel were traveling, they would sometimes make monuments. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd see that, you'd read that in the Old Testament. They'd make monuments to remember the Lord has done something right. great here. Mm -hmm. So that you pass by later on, little kids go, why is this monument here? And once again, the story would be retold to the next generation. And you know, we, do this, we can do the same things ourselves. We can tell them to our next generations mm -hmm. and let them know, yes, we've trusted the Lord and this is what he did for us to help them learn how to trust the Lord themselves. That's right. So. Yes. Well, there was, um, there was one story I wanted to start with that I thought was so amazing. And I heard it firsthand. I like the, the stories I like best are the ones that either happened to me that I can say, I saw it, this happened to me, or stories that happened to friends that I know, because then I know there's only one, you know, it's right. one level between us. Um, and this one happened to some people who told me firsthand what happened to them. And this is how the story goes. Have you ever driven through the desert? Yes. You know how it is when you drive miles and miles, oh, especially on a yes. very hot day. And you don't see anyone. That's just... right. You're looking for the next rest area or you're that's looking right. for the next place to stop. <laughs> and uh, that's what these friends were doing. Now, I met them. They were volunteering at okay. 3 a.m. And they invited us over for Thanksgiving, some of us over. And so afterwards, they told this story. They sat around and said, we want to tell you something that's happened to us. Wow. And they said that they had an RV, uh, maybe a fifth wheel kind of setup that they were pulling through the desert one day. And I believe it was Arizona. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know, when you're driving through the desert, you got these long stretches yeah. where there's just nothing but that road stretching out ahead of you. And they said the day was very hot. Especially in Arizona. Mm -hmm. And they were pulling their, their fifth wheel through, uh, or their motorhome. I think it was a fifth wheel. They're pulling it through. And uh, you may have seen this in these kinds of trucks. They've got dual gas tanks. And so as he was going along, his car started to die. The truck started to die because he was out of gas. But he didn't feel uh, upset or anything at all because he just reached down and flipped a switch to go to the second gas tank. Mm -hmm. But when he flipped the switch, the, the truck still lurched and stopped. Oh. And it was in a split second that he remembered, I forgot to fill the second tank when oh, we stopped no. for gas last. So, you know, it came back to him. He realized what the problem was. He didn't have any gas. So they end up pulling off to the side of the road, and there they are in the Arizona heat. It's like, what are they going to do? <laughs> so they start to think. It's just him and his wife, and they're an older couple, you know? Oh. And they're like, well, should I leave her? Should I go get a gas can? Do I? He finally thought that he, he needed to, he said, I probably better go take a gas can. And, and he told his wife, you stay here. And he started to get out of his car to make this happen, when all of a sudden behind him pulls up Highway Patrol. And he gets out and he walks over to it. And he said that he was so upset by what he had done that he just started yammering on to the police officer. Oh, I'm so sorry. You won't believe it. I forgot to fill the tank. And he went on and on and on. And didn't give the, the officer time to say anything. So he really didn't say anything. Hmm. And, but, but in the course of the events, the man explained his situation. The police officer motioned for him to follow him. And he went to the back of the police car. And they opened it up. And there sitting in the back was a gas can. So he reaches in, pulls the gas can, and the guy is just so thankful. Oh, thanks. And I think to this point, the, guy, the police officer has still not said anything. Wow. So he walks up, and the guy's still going on and on, and they fill up his gas tank to give him enough gas to get to the gas station. And, and as he was finishing up, the guy uh, brought the police officer to the, to the sidecar of the front of the truck, the truck. to see, meet his wife. And she rolled down the window, you know. And she said she reached her hand out to shake his hand, and she said it was the softest hand she'd Aww. ever shaken. And she looked him in the eyes, and she was so appreciative for what he, the police officer had done for them that she said, you're not a police officer. She said, you're an angel. 
And she said that the police officer had the most shocked look on his face. <laughs> but he just nodded and, and still had not really said anything. The man goes, okay, how much do I owe you? And the police officer raised his hand like, don't worry about it. He didn't speak. And then the guy said, well, I guess it's a courtesy of the Arizona Highway Patrol. Oh. And, they, and the guy got in his truck and, and left. And he said uh, that when he got into the truck to pull back onto the highway, he, remember, he's in front of the police car. As he pulls in the driveway, he looks in his rearview mirror, and it, there's no police car. And the thing about this is that the road goes forever. Like I told you, there's yes. no place to go. And he couldn't figure out where the police car had gone. And they started thinking about it, he and his wife, and they said, you know, this was a quite unusual circumstances. The fact he barely said anything, if anything at all. I don't remember them even saying he said anything. Wow. He, then the man remembered that when he went in and pulled the, the gas can out, he said, you know, in the hot, hot summer day, you'd expect the trunk to be hot. He said everything in there was very cool. Wow. And the fact that the police officer acted so weird, and they thought, you know, could this have been an angel? Mm. Could God have sent an angel? And I think he told me that later on they found out that that was not a safe place necessarily to be along the highway. Wow. So it saved them from having to split up and try to go get gas. Wow. So I won't be surprised if we get to heaven someday and find out that God did dispatch an angel to help them through that rough time in their life. Wow. You know, we're going to talk about stories today. Sometimes it's apparent that something unusual has happened. Other times it's just providence working in our favor. But I think the whole, behind both times, you see the Lord. Yes, definitely. Um, this happened just recently. Our church in Roseburg is going to, it's actually holding evangelistic meetings. And um, before the meetings, we decided to have a Sabbath Vespers where we were going to be focusing on evangelism and on sharing the invitations that we had. And so um, that morning after the sermon, um, we had our fellowship meal. We go home, and my husband and I are, are getting the last details for the program in the evening. And I said, so what are you going to talk about? Thinking he's going to be the one having the message. Mm -hmm. And he tells me, you're speaking. <laughs> and I like speaking, but I like to know <laughs> ahead of time. Have a and little so, preparation. Yes. So I thought, no, 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 you. And I tried so hard, but he said no. So he said, you know, I'm going to go walking and you sit here, you know, pray about it. God will tell you what to share. And I did just that. I prayed and I prayed. And when he came back, he said, so? I said, I don't know what to say. And he said, well, listen, just tell them why you do evangelism, why you like to share the gospel. That just opened up. My brain just, and God just started putting what needed to be said. And so we come to church, we're having Vespers, and it's my turn. And everybody, it was towards the middle of the program. So I thought everybody who came to Vespers is there already. We probably are not going to have anybody else coming in. So we're having the Vespers, and I, it's my turn, and I go up. And, and I start sharing about my own personal um, testimony of how it was because of my grandma that we came to know about the Lord. But as I'm talking about my grandmother, going back there, in comes this young man through the doors. I'd never seen this young man. But my husband and I are kind of new to this area, so I didn't know if it may be that he, he is known here, but we just haven't seen him yet. Um, he came smiling, 
big smile. So he comes and he sits down and I start, I continue talking about my grandmother and how there was a young man who knocked at the door and then my grandma didn't have money to give for the books that he was offering, but she gave a tortilla with a little bit of salt, rolled the tortilla, here's your taquito. And <laughs> I'm sharing this and the young man is just smiling big and he, at times he would just look up and kind of like saying, thank you, thank you, Lord. And, um, and I'm so intrigued, right? I need to know who this young man is. So I thought, well, after church, I'll find out. My husband will go talk to him and I'll find out. Um, we finished that portion of the program and then it was time to pray. And we were going to pray in different locations of the church. And so we started dividing everybody into groups. Even the young men wanted to be into, in one of the groups praying. So everybody took different locations. We went and we prayed. My group was praying in the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. So we were praying for everybody who was going to be sitting in those pews. When we finished praying and we get up, there's the young man next to me. And he tells me, you know, I just want to say, you know, I'm so glad that I came to church and I'm so glad that I got to meet you. Thank you so much for what you were sharing, he says. Oh, but through all this, he speaks Spanish. So he begins talking to he you in Spanish. Yes, and he talks about the tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, you know, my grandma used to make tortillas too. And that just, you know, touched his heart. And he said that he was actually driving from, um, from one place to Washington. So he was just passing by Roseburg. And he said that as they were driving, they stopped by a store and his friends went into the store and he just has, had been feeling like, I need to be close to the Lord. I need that connection again. And he said he, he turned around next to the Fred Myers and he saw the church and he thought, I need to go to that church. And he told his friends, you know, you guys go ahead, but I'm going to go to the church. And when he got to the church, he said, Lord, if there, there's cars, so if there's people in there, I'm walking in. And yep, you know, the cars were there and the people were inside. So he walked in and he was able to hear the message. And he said, you know, this is just what I needed. I was praying for this. And he didn't know. But we were praying for him. We were already praying that God will bring people. So then he says, and I have a question for you. He says, who is the speaker who's going to be coming to give the seminars um, that we were going to start? Mm -hmm. And so I give him the name, Pastor Brian McMahon. McMahon, uh -huh. yes. And he says, no. And it was just shocking. And he says, that's the pastor that baptized me three years ago. Wow. It was just incredible the way that God had brought him into the church. And here he was with the pastor that had baptized him three years ago. And now he was able to come back. So I said, come, come to the meetings. And if you need a place, you can stay with us. Come to the meetings. And he said he was going to try to as hard as he could. Well, yesterday we had our first day. And do you know who was there? He was there. He was there. He was there and he was so happy to be there. My husband came, introduced him, and he said, you know, I've watched you guys on Better Life. <laughs> so he's watching Better Life. And I think, you know, there had to be, it's, it's God who puts that in your heart, you know, pray, pray for those in the street. And not only that, but he was praying, Lord, I need to be close to you. Turn around, there's the church. You know, it's almost like God is bringing his children and answering. And at times we see the angels, other times we may not. 
but we are told that there are angels all around us. These coordinations, you know, like, yes. I, like we were talking about earlier, the, the miraculous happens occasionally, yes. and we love to see that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times God's miracles happen in the form of Him guiding people yes. to meet other people, mm -hmm. Him showing people something that they need to learn or understand. Yeah. And this man was seeking the Lord in his heart. Yes. The Lord saw that and said, I can make this happen. I can get you back together. And yeah. it, it happened. Yes. That was amazing. Praise the Lord. Well, the stories that I, next story I wanted to share also mm -hmm. has to do with the highway. Okay. And this is one of those things where you wonder, uh, Lord, were you in this? It sure looks like it. And this happened to me personally. And I think you'll understand when I get to the end how I'm, I'm not sure about it, but it sure does seem like the Lord. And so <laughs> okay. I'm going to praise him anyway. Yes. I was living in Sacramento at the time, and I was driving up to Reno one day. It was a Friday afternoon or Friday morning. So it was a bright, sunny day. Mm -hmm. Everything looked great. Heading up the mountain, and if you've ever taken Highway 80 over the mountains, it's a beautiful trip. But there's parts of it that are pretty remote, where mm -hmm. there's not much as far as services go, gas stations, things like this. And I was maybe halfway up the mountain in one of those places where there was nothing around. And I saw a van pulled off, an old broken down van pulled off on the side of the road. And out of the front of it was coming either steam or smoke. I couldn't tell. And there was a guy there uh, with it. And I said, well, you know, I'm gonna stop because I have an extinguisher in my car. Wow. If it's fire, I can help. You know, if it's not, maybe I can do something else. Right. So I pulled up in front of the car and parked. And before I got out of the car, though, I prayed, Lord, please protect me. You know, that's all it takes is a simple talking to the Lord. Right. You don't need to say a lot. I said, Lord, please protect me. I got out of the car. I looked, and immediately behind his van was a police, was a highway patrol. And I thought, oh, good. Somebody else is here. So I walked up to the man who was now standing in front of his van, looking at what I saw now was steam coming out of the front. And I said, uh, I leaned over, I think I told the, the gentleman, I've got a fire extinguisher. Okay. But the man was like frozen. So the police, were they helping him already or? I got to the man first. Okay. And the policeman was coming. Okay. So I said, I talked to him first, but he was like frozen. He stood there looking at the car, frozen. He didn't respond to my words. And I thought, is this guy on drugs or something? What's the deal? But he looked disheveled. It was an older guy who looked disheveled, in front of an old broken down van. He didn't seem to be listening to me. And then the, the highway patrolman walked up. He was a nice looking young man, walked up and stood there. And I think I maybe told him, I've got an extinguisher. Although I, <laughs> why am I bother saying it? Because I'm sure they got one in their car too. And you know, he didn't say anything. He the just, policeman. The policeman didn't say anything hmm. and stood there. And then I got the impression, you're not needed here, you can go. So I turned and walked to my car, got back in and left. And at the time that didn't seem unusual to me at all. But later, as I thought about it, I said, hold on here. I got out of the car. I'm the only one to speak. I don't recall them saying anything. The guy appears frozen. The officer comes up and just stands there. When does that ever happen? Somebody <laughs> says something, like yes. what seems to be the problem yes. or something. And I said, Lord, did you send an angel so that I would leave and maybe not get involved with this character? Maybe he was bad news, because I probably would have helped him. I maybe would have offered to give him a ride. Uh, if he was a bad character, that would have been a, maybe a bad situation. So it's one of those times in your life when you say, this is unusual. I, I think I see the Lord's hand in this. Right. I'll find out someday. Yes. But that's just one of the times where you wonder. Mm -hmm. You know that we were talking about the desert, and we were talking now about the highway in Reno. Uh -huh. And when I was, um, 
I was once driving to San Francisco for my sister's baby shower. And I remember that morning I woke up and I had this dream that I was driving. And I remember in my dream, I even wrote it on my journal, I wrote, uh, my car was having problems, but there was a hen trying to help me. And I didn't see, it was just a hen yeah. trying to help me. So then that dream is gone, the day I'm driving towards my sister, and she lives in San Francisco. And you know San Francisco, there's a lot of traffic and just highways here and there. Oh, yeah. It's just really really bad. Well, I'm driving there. I'm on the first lane. There's about six different lanes. And as I'm driving, there's a semi-track next to me, one of those big, big ones. And I'm driving. She's a little bit in front of me on the second lane. And as I'm driving, she starts pulling towards my lane. Mm. And I end up in the middle. And so I think really fast and I think, well, I can't go back. There's all this traffic and she's just going to squish me into the wall. <laughs> So I thought, okay, just speed really fast. So I did that, but she got me, the back of my car. Oh, and no. when she hit the back of my car, my car just started spinning. Now, remember, I was on the first lane, and there was traffic. Well, the car just kept spinning, spinning, spinning until I got to the board, the little border that they have. Mm -hmm. And it hit, my car hit there. Is it the center divider? The divider, yes, the center divider, but it hit, and you, you know how in San Francisco there's freeways here, freeways there, oh, up and down. Levels. Yes, multiple levels, yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. So when the car hit the divider, the car went up. The back? The back. It just hit so hard that it just went up like this. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> looking down and seeing cars. Oh, no. And thinking, Lord, please, I don't want to hit anybody. I don't want to kill anyone. Well, then the car came down again. Uh, it didn't go all the way down. And so uh, the glass were, you know, broken everywhere. Uh, people were coming to try to help me out. But when they took me out of the car, the ambulance got there, every single person kept saying, we thought that the car was going to fall into the freeway down below. And they said, it, it was almost as if the hand of God, they kept saying. It was like three different people that said the same thing. It was as if the hand of God pushed back the car so that it wouldn't fall. Wow. Isn't that amazing? And so did you have that dream that same day, you're saying? The same day. But I didn't remember. Yeah. So because of the condition that I was in, I couldn't write for a while. Yeah. And so it took me maybe about a month that I started doing journaling again. See, that's why it's very important to journal. <laughs> and I remember going back to my journal to see what was the last thing I had written. And it was, I saw, the, I saw a hand trying to help me. Isn't that amazing? Oh. So you think it was God's message? I believe it was God's message. I'm gonna be helping you. I'm gonna help you today. Yes. Yeah. Wow, what a testimony. Yeah. You know, I, I bet our viewers have a lot of testimonies too. Yes. Times when they were this close to disaster of some kind. And they saw the hand of God in some way protect them and keep them. That's right. Wow. Yes. Well, I'm going to try to slip in another uh, story <laughs> or two. We have a staff member named Jeanette. Yes. And she has shared uh, a couple stories with me because we were talking about stuff like this. And once you get people's minds going, they pop up with, oh, they I remember, remember a time something yeah. happened. And so she was sharing another time where God helped. Uh, she believes she saw the hand of God, although not directly, no angel, but I bet they were there. She tells the story that one day she had some friend visiting and they wanted to take them to the coast, her and her husband, and there were kids involved. And so they ended up, to, to get everyone in the same car, 
They ended up going in a van, and they just put everyone in this big van. They made a bed and back for the kids to lay on, and so you can imagine this big old van going down the road from Grants Pass towards the ocean, mm -hmm. which means you go down, uh, what is it, 199? Yes. And you go through towns like uh, Selma. And I think she was approaching the city of Selma okay. when this happened. Uh, but she made the note in her story. She said, I started, uh, when we started this, the, the trip, she said, she prayed, Lord, please protect us on this trip, mm. which is another good reminder. Yes. When, you, when I take big trips, I, we stop and pray. You know, Lord, we're going on this trip. Please bring us back safely. Watch over us. Send your angels. Folks, you need to do that. You need to, you need to ask the Lord to be involved with all your activities. When you go on trips and you head out on that highway, you don't know what's around the corner. Pray for the Lord to lead you. Well, this is, I'm going to catch up with her story here and share a little bit right now. She says she's going down the road. We were approaching the small town of Selma when I noticed walking towards us on our side of the highway, two boys bouncing a basketball. What happened next took us all about, took all of about five seconds. We were traveling about 55 miles an hour. The boys were about 30 feet or so ahead of us and the gap was closing rapidly. Mm. One of the boys bounced the ball and it shot like a bullet across the, the road. In that split second, the other boy darted in front of us to get it. Oh. You know, you're, going, you're barreling down the highway. The last thing you want to see is a kid yes. run in front of your car. Oh, it was as though he didn't even see us. He was so close that when he darted out, all we could see was his head and shoulders. The rest of him was hidden by the front of the van. Our friend slammed on his brakes, but knew that it was too late. As my kids went flying off the back of the bed, I braced for impact. I knew we would hit the young man, and it was going to be ugly. Mm -hmm. But there was no impact. And as we passed, I looked back, and this kid was safely on the other side of the highway. Wow. She says, I can't wait to get to heaven to know exactly what happened. But clearly, that young man was not to die that Aww. day. Push. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe an angel came along and gave him a little boost yes. to get him across just in time. That is too close wow. for comfort. That gets your heart going. Mm -hmm. But we can thank the Lord for how yes. God sends angels to help us in our times, That's times amazing. of trouble. Well, Sadie, we're coming to the end, and we hardly got through many yeah, stories. We've got so many to share, folks. We'll probably do another program. Yeah. We're doing a whole series about how God answers prayer, and you'll see him in today's time. You don't need to look in the Bible to see God's hand working. Even today, you'll see it. Sometimes greatly miraculous, other times subtle. Yeah. But his hand is there. He is. And let's not forget to share the stories because someone can be encouraged by your story. That's right. When the Lord does something for you, don't be afraid to share it. You know, I've heard more than one person has said, well, I thought people would think I was crazy. Mm. You know, the story is too outlandish. It's too, it's too out there. But give the Lord, give the Lord the glory. Yes. Say, you know, this happened to me and I see the hand of the Lord in it. And many times people don't think, oh, they're crazy. They think, there is a God, yeah. you know? Yeah. If we shared more, I think our faith would be bolstered. And we're going to need to have bolstered faith in these last days. We need to be able to rely on the Lord and just lean on him and say, Lord, you got me through other troubles. This looks terrible. It looks like there's no way out. It feels like I'm going, you know, there's a Red Sea experience where there's no way of escape until the Lord opens up the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. We're going to go through times like that. Yes. So, Well, friends, we want to encourage you. Keep close with the Lord. Develop a relationship with him. Trust him. And remember what he's done for you in the past. Join us next time for our next episode of Better Life Today. This podcast was brought to you by Better Life Broadcasting Network.
Visit our webpage at blbn.org. That's blbn.org for Better Life Broadcasting Network. There you'll find more information about the ministry and other programs we think you'll enjoy. You can also send us a note via our webpage, and we'd love to hear from you. Better Life also has a YouTube channel that you can access by going to youtube.com slash betterlifenetwork. That's youtube.com slash betterlifenetwork. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to search for all the Better Life TV podcasts. Until next time, God bless.